You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. All right, Greg, here we go. It's uh it's it's silly season officially upon us. Uh we've got a lot of a lot of stories, a lot of rumors, a lot of things floating out there that may not make people happy. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast. We're gonna talk about everything and anything related to the Patriots, particularly their quarterback situation. Of course, always uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. Nick will be back for uh, another episode later on this week. I'm John Zanis filling in. And the story du jour or du week or whatever you want to say here appears to be uh, Cam Newton. Uh, His name is resurfacing in the Patriots quarterback search. And Greg, I can't can't think of anything worse to happen right now. If you're a Patriots fan right now and, and... and all you want is new hope, okay? This is a new hope. The possibilities are endless. Blank canvas, money, draft picks, capital. Theoretically, the Patriots could do a lot of different things, some of which could be very exciting and interesting. And I can't think of one thing that would just throw a wet blanket all over over all over that any more than bringing back Cam Newton. Yeah, John, it's uh, it's weird. I, I started hearing the chatter on all the sports talk radio stations this week, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, it's basically like Cam Newton's become it, – it's similar to some of the debates that you hear in politics, like where they just, like, stoke fear in people to generate interest in their shows and things yeah. like that. It's like, ooh, now Cam Newton's the boogeyman. They're like, ooh, they might be bringing Cam Newton back just to get people to react. Like, people, people need to settle down. And this is why you subscribe to BSJ. That's why you listen to this podcast. Because you know things like how last offseason, when everybody was going nuts about, well, Jared Stidham's the guy, and Jared Stidham's going to be this, and Jared Stidham's going to be that, and he's going to be the next guy. You know, what did I tell you from January of last year? Over a year ago, I told you that he was not going to be the starter, that there was going to be some sort of veteran competition. So, you know, welcome to coming here where you where you get well informed. You don't have to worry about the hysteria. You just get straight facts and and what's going on. So here's where we are with Cam Newton. And this is something that I've been talking about since the end of his Patriot season, which is it's always been a possibility that Cam Newton could come back here. Um it all depends on what happens with the market and who they end up with the quarterback and this and that. But for anyone to suggest that Cam Newton is going to be re-signed being the definite number one, that's what we want starter here next year, 
that's not going to happen. It just, it just isn't. And, and here's why. And we've also sort of touched on this, but just to sort of reinforce the point, I think what happened this past season is the Patriots realized, and, and look, we've talked about it, that there wasn't really a plan. They, Belichick understood that there weren't enough um, chairs for the quarterbacks and somebody was going to be left. Could have been Jameis Winston, could have been Cam Newton, could have been Andy Dalton, could have been anybody. It happened to be Cam Newton. And they figured they'd make it work. It did not work. And what I think, John, what happened was, and actually I know this happened, the Patriots realized after the Cam Newton experiment that not every quarterback can work in the system. And that's not to say Cam Newton's still not capable of playing good football. I think that he is. Do I think he could be better with a better supporting cast? Absolutely I do. And do I think that was part of the problem last year? Yes. But at its basis in this scheme – you need a quarterback who sees the totality of what's going on on the field. You need someone who's going to win before the snap. You need somebody who's going to see something on the defense and say, "That's a, this is about to be a bad play. Here, we're checking to this. And Cam Newton, outside of, you know, he might, he might have alerted a few plays here and there, but not even close to what we've seen. And, and look, I'm not going to compare him to Tom Brady. Nobody's going to be Tom Brady. But – the the baseline Jimmy Garoppolo would have been a lot better. Um, Jared Stidham probably would have been a lot better in terms of what he could. Even when Jared Stidham got in, John, we saw things like you know Stidham would change things at the line. That's the baseline in this offense, and that's where it starts. The number one tenant in this offense is don't run any bad plays. When the quarterback is incapable of doing that for whatever reason. That's that's strike number one. Strike number two is understanding after the snap what's going to happen. What is the defense going to do? What is that going to mean in in reaction time? Like if, if I see the free, if I see the free safety all of a sudden rotate from too deep to single de- uh, single high safety, I should know like that who's going to be open. But Greg, and, look, let me ask yep. you real quick because everything you're saying makes perfect sense. But did you need a year of? Did the Patriots need a year of Cam Newton to know that he wasn't that guy? Is it? Yes. Did you think he was that guy walking through the door? Is there anybody? Are well, there any smart personnel people out there who thought, oh, Cam might be able to adapt to this Patriot style offense? It didn't seem like a sensible fit anyway. This is a guy who's always had accuracy problems, uh, who who plays a totally different style of ball. I mean, I don't know why you would have brought him in in the first place if your idea was to run a Patriot-style offense. I, well, well, I, the I fear think, is well, now first would they try to do it again. Yeah, well, yeah. The, the the paramount thing is he was just the last guy. He was the guy, right. you know. And and plus, he gives Belichick a little cachet with players around the league, blah blah blah. Sure. But, um, you know, in terms of how did how did the Patriots not know he couldn't do that? Look, he, you know, Cam Newton played his best football under Norv Turner. And Scott Turner with the Panthers. That's a drop back system. You know, it's not as it's not as as evolved as the Patriots, but still, you saw there was some potential. They talked to people. They thought it was going to happen. Cam really does study a lot. He puts in the work. That wasn't going to be an issue. But you know, you could, there were a whole bunch of forces that combined to where he just couldn't operate it good well enough. And I think the Patriots. And the point is, the Patriots learned last season. They learned a valuable lesson, like. We cannot go through that again. You know, we so cannot you, have you a quarterback who can't run our system. Because I think that's the number yeah. one thing is, okay, they made the mistake last year. I guess we're, what's going to take Patriots fans to the ledge here is the notion that, well, 
with this talk of, well, with a full off season and a chance to have the playbook under the blah, 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 it could work. And I think, again, it's, you, the fear is they might talk themselves into it. You don't think no. that's going to happen based on what people, not only because you're explaining all of the football reasons why it doesn't make sense. It shouldn't make sense and they won't do it. But from, is there a chance somebody in that, the one person in that building whose opinion really right. matters says I can make it work or I want to button this up and have it in the can safely because I know what it is versus roll the dice and start all over again with somebody new who I don't necessarily know is going to be a, a, a tremendous upgrade while I try to figure out this thing long-term. Is he a, right. is he a, a, a second year bandaid? I think is the word is the worry. I think he could be a second year part of what's going on, but not, yeah. he wouldn't be the ideal. All right, here's what we're doing. You know, maybe with a, some sort of drafted quarterback or some sort of competitive competition, I could see him, back here he is not going to be given what he was last year which was basically you know carte blanche and there wasn't anything cam newton could do worse enough to not start a game last year like it, it i don't think that's going to happen but i do think that you know if, if you ask me do i think cam newton could be better and i'm not saying good but could he be better second year better weapons in this system and yes but at the end of the day and and look, I'm not going to rule out the Belichick. Bel look, we've talked about it many times. It's Belichick. It doesn't matter what everybody else is right. saying in the building. That's it only what matters what Bill says. Freaking people out, right? But yeah. but no, and and I, I think that Bill will realize, and I think he'll hear from certain people in that building that like Bill. Look, you can bring Cam back here, but we all know when when it comes to nut cutting time and two minutes left or what have you, and or we got to come back from two-score deficit, he can't get it done. We can't play football that way. So what are we doing? Right. So if you did do, let's say you do get Cam plus whatever, and the whatever in this scenario, Greg, would seem to mean rookie, rookie quarterback because right. it doesn't like make sense. like six to eight games or something, yeah. Right, but now it's a, uh, you know, would Bill bench Cam? You know, we saw him, as you said last year, I don't know what worse you could have done for, for, for a stretch of games where it was obvious to everybody that Cam wasn't the guy. Yeah. And still it wasn't, it was, well, we're riding, we're going to ride or die here. Because uh, he gives us the bet. We kept hearing best chance to win. Yeah, theoretically, next year you could be in the same exact position and you could have Mac Jones sitting there and you could think, well, he's not ready. He's only a rookie. And Cam at this point gives us the best chance to win. So you have that did have him in here would bill benching is is that to recruit people to come here if you go in and say i got cam again and then a rookie who we may or may not play and uh, how is that going to convince people you think i would say it's better than jared stidham that's for sure certainly and, yeah know, and and what you know people need to keep in mind that cam playing and starting and this is something else i reported um back then uh i came to learn was more about how the other players viewed Stidham more than anything else. There was not much faith in the building. And you could, <clears throat> excuse me, you could even see that when he got into the games and sort of the way he conducted the huddle um, for whatever reason. And right. I don't know if it was the training camp injury or the offseason thing or what have you, or just the way he conducts himself. There's not a lot of belief in that building. And there was the feeling within the team that if they turned the, the, the keys over to Stidham, that it would become a complete debacle down the stretch, and that wouldn't be good for anybody. Except their draft position. 
Um, Correct. So, again, uh, last season's last season. I think, again, the concern here is this year with Cam. Calm down, people. Yeah. (laughs) So, Greg, you're confident he's either not coming back or if he does, it would be in a very reduced role. I guess that's what people ultimately want to hear. Okay. So, moving on to more exciting, potentially more exciting options. Carson Wentz, whose name surfaced uh, yep. a, a, a couple weeks ago, and the initial asking price was, you know, looking for that Stafford package, which everyone thought was was ludicrous. And now it does seem like the price has indeed come down. And the latest, which you wrote about in your news and notes on Boston Sports Journal over the weekend, uh, according to Ron Jaworski, is uh, two two seconds on the table from the Colts is the best offer out there. Uh, and if you're the Patriots and you're looking at that and thinking, ha, huh, two seconds, eh? we pick a little higher than the Colts and yeah. would we give up two seconds right now. And personally, I, I, this is always the most attractive option to me. It's that it's the person with the super high pedigree who played somewhere that they might not have been able to recognize their full talents. Yeah. I, I would do this before. I, I would do this in a heartbeat. If I were the Patriots yeah. two seconds were the asking price. Now it might come up a little as more teams get involved, but you'd have to seriously consider this. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And but here's the thing, John, from talking to more people around the league, and I do I think even that price has come down um since the down and, from and I, yeah, I don't know why I think the I think the Colts realize they've come to realize they're in a power position. And they're in a power position because of this. You know, Wentz can refuse to go anyplace. So right now it's between the Colts and the Bears. And if you're Carson Wentz and you're just coming off what you just did, the Philly situation, you know, really you need to go to a place and have success. Where are you going to go? To Chicago where Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, the GM, could be out of a job after this year, and now all of a sudden who knows what the hell happens? Or are you go into the Colts where um, Frank Reich, who is your former quarterback coach, where you had your greatest heights, you know, has long-term stability, that he's going to be there forever. And, and so – it, it, everybody thinks that that the Colts can just sit and wait because Wentz is going to refuse whatever way he can. He's not going to go to Chicago. Now, the question is, would he go to New England? I don't think that he would. And and that, that I think, is the issue as far as – Yeah, I think that he thinks <laughs> that the tough coaching from Bill, from Josh, all that stuff is not going to work for them. And, you know, it also precludes a team like, I think, the Panthers, even though I think the Panthers don't like some of the makeup stuff they're hearing about Carson Wentz, that, you know, he's complaining about this, and he doesn't like to be coached hard, and he's, you know, he's whining about this. That's turned off a lot of the real football programs, and I think that Reich knows Wentz. He thinks that he can get him out of that, and I would look for the Colts to make the the Wentz deal as we get closer to, I think it's a March 10th deadline or March 2nd deadline. I think it's March 2nd for his $10 million bonus that the Eagles have to pay. Um, once the deadline comes up, the Eagles have to make a deal before that that bonus is paid. So that's the right. deadline. Moving on, uh, you mentioned the Bears. One of the drawing cards that they do have is Allen Robinson, of course, and reports this week. This is a guy who people since the middle of the season and since he put popping eyes emojis or whatever yep. it is on social media, hinting that he might be on the move and they didn't extend him and they didn't do him right, uh, that he was at the top of almost everybody's free agent wish list. A lot of people, uh, Patriots people, uh, believe that this is the ideal type of receiver. 
for the Patriots that would really fit in well here. And you're saying, again, now it looks like he's being franchised. We can pretty much, it looks like, cross that name off the list. Yeah, it's a it's a pipe dream. I it mean, probably look, was always, but even, yes. even more now. Yeah, and I, you know, and I said it last year. Um, look, they are at a contract stalemate, which is where they've been basically for a year, as far as an extension for Robinson. And if you're the Bears, um, they're going to have to tag him, you know, to at least do something. Like if he doesn't, you know, you tag him, it gives you more time. Maybe you come to a contract extension. Uh, if you don't, that gives you the ability to trade him. Uh, it, it, I just think that. There's very little chance that the Patriots um, get involved in this. Yes, they have cap space. But look, Allen Robinson has been refusing a contract extension for the better part of a year. Uh, let's just say for the sake of argument that he's cut loose at some point in time, whether it's they don't tag him or they tag him and take the tag away at some point. He's an unrestricted free agent. And, you know, the Bears might do that to sort of uh, punish him because all the cap space would be gone. Say this happened in like, may or something all the cap space is gone he's screwed you know see you later um alan robinson wants the mega deal he wants the he wants life-changing money if you think the patriots are giving that to a receiver you know good luck it's it's, I, i just do not see it happening they have to address the quarterback issue first you know we'll see on that but um there will be plenty of other suitors willing to overpay for Allen Robinson than the Patriots if he even gets to the market which i would put at about 5%. So again this is kind of where i think and again anybody looking at this offseason as a Patriots fan is is sold this bill of goods it's it's a team that's aggressive by all accounts and you've said this as well i'm not yep. saying you're selling people on it but aggressive and then the next thing is uh, that they've got a ton of cap space. Now, if you start crossing people off the list early because they're too expensive, I don't understand what aggressive means at this point. Because if you're the Patriots now, you've lost your hook. Your hook was yep. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, 50% chance of getting to the Super Bowl. It's proven, okay? You got a 50-50 shot of getting to the Super Bowl because that's what we do here. And so that is enticing to people and might allow them to take an even deal or leave some money on the table. That's gone now. So if you're the Patriots, in order to get top talent in here, you have to pay top of market or overpay a little unless you're going to go out there and we can get into this a little later in the pod and look for cap casualties and try to clean up the scraps as they've done other times in free agency. That to me is not aggressive, Greg. So I I am wondering if it's not an Allen Robinson type, which top of the list sort of weapons, not counting cap casualties, but that you know are free agents right now, might they be in the market for? And if they're going to pay for those guys, why wouldn't you go a little extra for a guy that you absolutely loved? Yeah, I just think there's there's a difference between being aggressive and being stupid in terms of free agency money. And that that involves... But almost all uh, of it is stupid somewhat. I mean, the, the early deals are all... Everyone looks at them and says, wow, that's stupid money. I mean, it seems like it. There's very few big, splashy deals right out of the gate that are sensible, right? Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, there's what I was going to say was there's a difference between being aggressive and and being dumb in terms of like, look, what you're going to pay, you're going to pay 25 or 28 million dollars a year for Allen Robinson or Chris Godwin. That's not going to happen. I mean, what's the point of that? I mean, you know, the highest price free uh, wide receivers are, are never winning Super Bowls. It just that's a, that's a proven fact. So I proven. think that 
The, yeah. the Patriots are more likely to, you know, they're just, they're going to be aggressive in going. I think all this aggressive term, this is what people need to understand, John, is I think aggressive means the Patriots are going to identify, or let me clarify, Bill Belichick is going to identify who he wants. And that it doesn't matter where they are on anybody's list. Right. And then he is going to go after those guys immediately from the get-go. And they might be, according to everybody else, a class B uh, free agent or what have you. But that's where I think they're going to, they're going to have Bill's going to have a plan and they're going to execute it for their type of guys, you know, and, and, you know, maybe a Kenny Galladay is more of a, uh, that type of guy or a Corey Davis from the Titans, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so that is interesting. And we'll talk into some guys uh, who who might fall into that cap casualty uh, sort of, uh, sort of, sort of market who also could be interesting targets uh, again, I did want to get to the uh, Boston Sports Journal question of the day. Uh, make sure to check us out over at BSJ, 11 cents a day for the annual plan, top-notch analysis, all the Boston Pro Sports. And if you're a Patriots junk- junkie, which obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you are, uh, membership gives you access to a ton of video analysis that Greg does with the coaches film, direct access to him on weekly chats. Uh, also, in addition to that, uh, you have uh, enhanced, improved uh, new basketball coverage, Greg, with a yep. with a cool new announcement this week uh, with uh, John Corrales, uh, formerly of Mass Live, Reds Army fame, and Sherrod Blakely, uh, NBC Sports Boston, joining the beat. So that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, um, Corrales is off to an incredible start. He's doing great work. And um, Sherrod's first story at a one-on-one with Danny Ainge um, yep. this week coming off that loss the other day. So yep. uh, the boys are off to a good start. Yeah, and Sherrod, uh, Sherrod teased some of that on his podcast, uh, the A-List podcast. You might want to subscribe and give a listen to that. But it was it uh, Ram15? Yep. The question, uh, Ram15 wants to know here, Greg, uh, any chance Zach Ertz gets cut? I think that's highly likely, but I guess is that, a, is, is that someone you'd be interested in? Well, there's a lot of talk about him uh, possibly being involved in, uh, in, in a trade. Yeah. Um, you know, being included because I I think they're looking to dump his salary. Right. Uh, here's the thing about Zach Ertz. The whole reason he wants out of Philly, and he's been a really a pain in the butt for going on a year now, is because he wants a new contract. And um, he is on the downward trend. I can't yeah, see the doing anything major. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna have to be one of those guys that doesn't have other options and he's looking for a place. But I think he if he's released. He is in for a rude awakening in terms of what his market is going to be. I don't think it's going to be very big. No, no, no not at all. Uh, I did want to whip through again. You are talking about potential cap casualties. You wrote about this on BSJ uh, in two separate editions. Yep. Uh, uh, so uh, please, again, go check that out if you haven't already. If you are a subscriber, and if not, subscribe because there's some really good information in there. And, Greg, you went team by team on some guys who may be cap casualties here. I'm going to focus only on – uh, pass catchers because that seems to be everyone's obsession yep. and a few guys that you like just a quick word on why they would fit and how likely it is you think the Patriots could get them uh, starting with uh, Mike Williams yeah Mike um, Mike Williams is uh, you know he's always been a really good player he's uh, you know he but he you know he's a big body and all that um, I, the Chargers have something building there um, I would be shocked if if they release him I think that Justin Herbert likes him. Um, but look, he's a big body. He's a good possession receiver. 
He's he's really good in the red zone, and the Patriots need to help there, obviously. Sure. Another name you mentioned, and this is one we, uh, you know, Belichick danced with this guy a while back, and he picked the Titans. Uh, didn't go great in terms of production, but Adam Humphreys, if he were available. Yeah, we'll have to see what they think about the the injuries. I think after they he spurned the Patriots, who were as usual uh, a day late and a dollar short on um, short white slot receivers in free agency, uh, along with uh, Cole Beasley in Buffalo. Uh, <laughs> they probably want a little bit of payback in terms of uh, all right, you you know, nice job going to Tennessee. How'd that work out for you? Um, here's a cut rate deal that we're offering. But look, I think the Patriots. I think the Patriots, they might go for a few targeted wide receivers, and I expect them, at least one targeted receiver, and then sort of see how the market plays out and and bring in a bunch of guys. And I'm not talking about Eric Decker, who's done, Demarius Thomas, who's barely functioning, you know, those type of guys, those slappies that they brought in the past couple of years. I'm talking about, you know, good players who, you know, like a, you know, who who knows what kind of market like a Jamison Crowder is going to have. Um, you know, I'm not crazy about him, but a guy like Brandon cooks, you know, I, I I don't think that can be ruled out. Um, so I think that that's the more likely route that they go with receiver where they use their cap space to their advantage and say they get to a guy who doesn't have much of a market and they just say, all right, well, we'll give you a million dollars more than what the other team is offering. And maybe they can bring in a bunch of guys and sort of raise the level of the whole room that way. Okay, uh, uh, tight end. Uh, this name has been brought up a ton. Uh, David yep. Njoku, uh, who uh, throughout the course of the year seemed like a really obvious, viable potential trade target um, for the Patriots, uh, being as needy as you could possibly be at that position. Uh, it didn't happen, but uh, if he were to be a cap casualty, this is something you'd jump at. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a he's a, he's a really talented kid. Uh, former first round pick, which, you know, he was overdrafted a little bit, but um, vast potential. And if you could possibly sell him on like, look, it didn't work for you in Cleveland, but, you know, we're we're tight end university over here. So come work with Josh McDaniels, come work with Bill Belichick. You know, you can be the next great Patriots tight end. And, you know, they basically assemble them, you know, except for the past couple seasons. Uh, yeah. But we won't talk about that. So, yeah, maybe never again. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that would be something that I think would make make a ton of sense uh, for them, absolutely. And the last name I want to bring up is this is always a pie in the sky one, but it's been it's been mentioned over the past couple of years, ever since he hinted on wanting to play for the Patriots. But really, he wanted to play for Tom Brady, and that's Odell yep. Beckham Jr. Yeah, absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. He wants to play with Brady. I mean, you know, he could be the new AB down there, or you know, they could have both of them. Um, it's going to be. It's going to be interesting to see what the Bucks do and Tom's lure and the, you know, the nice weather and the other uh, amenities in Tampa that yeah. are enticing to a young um, athlete. So um, I just, I mean, maybe he has some sort of connection with, with Belichick, but I think there's, it's got to be a situation. You got to have the right type of quarterback to deal with an OBJ. And if the Patriots don't have that, that type of guy, say it's like Mac Jones and he's terrible. Yeah, you know, talk about a disaster in the waitings, and no. that's that—that's what that would be. That's a double whammy. It, it wouldn't yeah. work with OBJ, and you have the potential of breaking uh, a new quarterback in here. I don't see how Tampa makes it work. They've got their own housekeeping to worry about and keep their yeah. own guys in the fold and happy. So that would be some cap gymnastics there, I think, to be able to get Beckham over there. But 
Uh, we'll see about that. Before we wrap up the pod, there's one thing you wrote over the weekend that I think was interesting, Greg, that I wanted to hit on uh, briefly. And there's something that involves Matt Patricia. Now everybody knows the story. He's It didn't go well for him in Detroit, fired, uh, signed some mystery deal to come over here and do who knows what with the Patriots. Still not clear. Now you're saying you heard a little bit of chatter. There are rumblings, rumors, stories, uh, whispers out there that there may be a plan somewhere down the road for Patricia to be the successor to Belichick and Bill to step back in a GM personnel sort of role. And, uh, uh, and you're not, you're not feeling that. No, I mean, the people I've talked to and that, that, you know, Jay Stu on uh, my boy, Jay Stu on Felger Matt said something along these lines last week where he's like, you know, one of his sources thinks this and, you know, and, I just wanted to sort of update where people where Matt Patricia is right now in terms of the Patriots. He, He, well, basically, you know, tell us what you do here. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I think he's filling a bunch of different roles. Um, uh, I thought he would be a little bit more involved in defense and I'm sure he will be at some point, but what people need to understand is that uh, Matt Patricia needs some time to decompress from Detroit. Um, I, I would say he's not in an optimal headspace right now in terms of what just happened to him, how he feels about that. Um, Just he needs a reset. And I think that this is what this year is going to be for him, that sort of thing. So uh, I wouldn't expect a whole lot out of him. And I don't think the Patriots expect a whole lot out of him now or in the future that, you know, I I was surprised to learn that – you know, I, I would say Patricia isn't held in the highest regards in some of the corners of that building. Not to say he's a bum or anything like that. I think, you know, I think he's a really nice guy. And and I think that he's super smart and, um, you know, but I think I think he, he needed to learn some lessons. And I think he did that in Detroit. And now it's sort of, all right, well, what are you going to do for a second act? How are you going to do that? And I think he has the potential to sort of rise from this. But more importantly, right now, short-term, Matt Patricia, it's just decompress, learn the lessons, and then start applying them forward. Any talk about the future or what he's going to do and what role he's going to have and all that stuff, it's very, very premature from what I hear. So uh, would that lead you to believe that the the reason the Patriots brought him on was just to give him a soft landing because of out of sense of loyalty? like? We like you, and we want to see you somewhere after that debacle. Yeah, but him. He's very good. close with Belichick, and the wives are close, and all that stuff. Okay, so uh, I guess put that one, put that rumor to bed uh, for now. Uh, Bill's your coach for now, and who knows for how much longer. Uh, but that's going to wrap it for this podcast. Uh, you are back later this week, Greg. Correct? Uh, I Maybe. don't. I, I think we're going. I, I don't think so. We're going to wait and see if there's any breaking news, and if there is, that relates okay. to the Patriots. We'll be back on. Okay. So uh, again, subscribe, rate, review if you haven't already. The Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. If Nick's not back later this week, he will be back on the show next week. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, John.